Hello and welcome to episode 405 of the Perceptive Photographer podcast. Today we're going to be looking at two different topics. We're going to look at kind of one conceptual topic and the one sort of more practical topic. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate you spending a few minutes out of your week listening to the podcast and checking out what we got going on over here. Just as a reminder, most of my in-person 2023 workshops are up and online at my website, danieljgregory.com. So if you're looking for a week of really amazing, intensive work on your photography, whether it be black and white, color, travel, printing, please check out the workshops that are up there. I would love to be able to spend a week with you really diving deep into some of these kind of fun topics for photography. We'll have a great time and you'll learn a lot of stuff. So hopefully you'll be able to check that out. Okay, the two topics for this week, like I said, I've got one conceptual one, which is the difference between explanation and justification or rationalization. And then we're going to talk about storage of images. So those are our two topics for today. But I'm going to start with the conceptual one. And I have heard now several times over the last several months at different openings and different conversations, people talking about the need to explain the artwork, the need to explain the photograph that's on the wall or the sculpture or the painting or whatever it is. And I've been fascinated by this notion of explanation because I do think explanation is actually pretty important. I think being able to explain a photograph and not only the photograph, but the context of the photograph. It's why when we look at art from a hundred years ago that may not match the sensibility or the understanding of the way we would have created or looked at or talked about that work today. But again, understanding the context in which it was created allows us to have the conversation about how and why it was created at the time it was created and how we can then have that conversation through the lens of today and the social and acceptable behaviors and norms of today. And so that explanation of context, I think, is really important. I think the explanation of the reason why a photographer creates the work they create, their voice, their vision is interesting. I may have a different reaction, a different experience to the work than the one they intended when they created it. But understanding their ability to explain, I think, is important. An explanation, and this is really where kind of the difference is, because like I said, I think explanation has its place, but there is also justification slash rationalization of the work. And I think this is where a lot of what we consider explanation of the work sits. And to me, this is really a very large can of worms that creates a lot of problems. When we look at a photograph and we attempt to justify it, and what we may be justifying is why it was created, we may be justifying the inappropriate way it was presented in terms of like the quality, or maybe it was something that should have been digitally projected and we made prints, or maybe it should have been online as a video. Instead, we made still prints, whatever it is. But we start to justify the decisions that we made and we lack the fortitude or we lack the experience or we lack the passion or we lack the direction to really understand why we created the work. We start to rationalize out like, oh, if I knew Photoshop better, that would look a lot more like what I wanted. Or, oh, if I had only had more time. Or, oh, you know, if I really had this great idea and I really didn't have the access to the location or the people that I wanted to photograph. And so I sort of did this. It doesn't match the ultimate way of seeing that we imagined. And so that rationalization of this is what it is, this is the way it is, 
doesn't really hold the same value as the explanation of context, like I said, from things to the past to the present, or the explanation of this is ultimately why I created that work in the extension through verbal language of voice and vision of the creator of the work, the, the empowerment they have by creating the work. And so as you start to listen to your own descriptions of your projects, your own description of your photographs, listen for, are you explaining to extend our understanding of the work? Are you explaining your work in the context of when it was created or how it was created or the why it was created to further help my understanding of the work as a viewer and you as a viewer of your own work in that same conversation, because you'll have that conversation by yourself many times, or is the conversation you attempting to, again, justify or rationalize out something that's not right within the work, something that is missing, that's lacking, or you've created work and you haven't really been able to figure out the essence of the work. And so you're, you're stuck sort of in a lack of awareness of what the work is about meaning you need more feedback. You probably need to talk to more people and express what you can explain and ask them for help in furthering that explanation. But again, when we start to listen to people rationalize out certain behaviors about work, rationalize out the importance of a photograph, the importance of a piece of art because it was created by a certain person at a certain time solely for one reason and one reason only without the furthering of that conversation, I think it can end up where we start to accept what ends up more like a complaint, a rationalization justification as a complaint about the work with a spin on it, rather than really accepting the true nature of that work and the importance of the work when it's created. So as you, again, think about your own process and your own language, listen for, are you owning your work? Are you owning the experience of that work and the explanation so that we further understand the work or are you trying to cover up something in that process and in that work that isn't what you expected? Because again, a justification diminishes our experience of the work and we're probably better off not even having that conversation and allowing the work to quote unquote speak for itself without the additional information. Okay, the second topic I've got today is the storage of images. And I get asked this question so many times uh, during the week when I get emailed, when I'm teaching a class, Everybody always wants to know about storing photographs. And there's two big kind of things here that I think are important for storing photographs. And we have the digital storage, which is have three copies of your photographs. At some point, a hard drive is going to die. At some point, you're going to lose a hard drive. At some point, the computer is going to crash. Something's going to happen and you're going to need a backup copy and hard drives die and fail. So you need at least a third copy, preferably off-site. So I'm not going to talk more than that about the importance of digital storage, but for tangible storage, for storing photographs as objects, as prints, it's really important to understand what those prints are being used for because we will store them potentially differently based on what we're going to use the images for. In my studio, I have a set of prints that are designed to be held, picked up, you can scratch them with your fingernail. You can shake them around. You can take, take them under different light. You can take them outside. They're objects to help understand how the print reacts for paper, for durability, uh, for scale. Like what's it like to hold a bigger print versus smaller print? 
So those photographs are treated completely differently. They're just stored in just generic photo boxes. I don't worry about the damage to them. I don't worry about the archivability of them. Now, if they are final prints, if they are prints that matter, they need to be stored in a way that is, again, respectful of that print and in such a way so that when you pull it out six months from now, eight months from now, a year from now, the quality of the print is still left intact. And so one of the things I always try to do is to make sure that I'm storing my final photographs, what would be considered sort of an artist proof, or if I've got an edition started, the next number in the edition, that those get stored in archival quality boxes, meaning they're acid free and buffered so that you don't have inadvertently things leach into the paper. We don't want an acid to leach into that paper. We've spent this time to make an archival photograph. We wanna make sure that gets preserved. The other thing that's really important about that archival box is that you have boxes of different sizes because the biggest thing I see happen is people put prints either too large, so they kind of curl them to fit in a smaller box, or they put prints that are too small into a larger box. When that happens, the corners get damaged, and so they'll either get curved in or bent or banged up, and a small print in a large box is that box slides side to side. You'll end up having damage on the edge of the print, dinged up corners, things get crumpled and smashed up a little bit. And so we wanna make sure that our prints are in the appropriate size box. So if you're doing eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper for your prints, they should go in an eight and a half by 11 box. And usually the boxes are just slightly bigger, about a quarter inch bigger, maybe a half inch bigger, just to let you get your fingers in there to lift the prints out. But you wanna make sure you have the appropriate size box for that storage. I think the other piece that's really important, particularly if you're dealing with a more delicate printing surface, such as a matte paper. Matte papers will tend to scuff a little bit more. They'll get a bit, they're more susceptible to damage. And so even if you're using something like a Premier Print Shield and you're spraying your prints, um, outside putting them under like a varnish coat, I think it's important to have some interleaving tissue. Uh, again, some acid-free paper, whether it's glassine or archival tissue paper or something like that between the prints, just so they are stored in a way that prevents the prints themselves from rubbing off on each other. Because sometimes the back of some of these papers has a slight texture to it, has a slight tooth, and that can rub on a print as these boxes, again, move around, and you can inadvertently end up having some of the damage come in on those prints. So when then you pull out what you think is a print that's ready for sale, ready for exhibit, or just you want to show somebody a, a really nicely done print, you can end up having it marred or scuffed in some form or fashion. Ironically, it's the same problem if you start framing work, you're gonna find the number of times that frames get dinged and chipped and broke is uh, more times than you'd like. And so again, frame, framing is the same way. We've gotta make sure we take care and protect those things. But when it comes to prints and the storage of the prints, again, archival boxes at the size of the print and when they're important, some interleaving tissue between them. Again, if you've got portfolio level work that you wanna make sure is prepared for exhibit in a moment's notice, maybe you have those matted and inside the actual portfolio case are actually matted prints with an overlay window on them. But either way, the key is to make sure we protect those prints as much as possible. I think the last little thing that's important is when you're getting down to the point where you're at your final prints or your near final prints, that you've noted that on those photographs for some reason. I've got boxes that have maybe three, four prints in there that I've kept as near final prints. They're the last of the artist proofs. You know, they have slight tweaks to maybe masking or color correction. And I want them as reference because maybe I'm going to change something down the road. But I want to make sure I've noted that on that print, that somehow I've attached to that either on the back with a, 
you know, an acid-free post-it note or I've written in pencil or something. I've made myself an annotation of what that print is for. So it might not be in the final portfolio archival box. It might be just in a long-term print storage box, but I've got something there to tell me what that print is for. Because sometimes I'll open a box. If I've got three or four prints in there and I'm not sure why I've saved them, I might inadvertently throw out while I'm cleaning up prints because a lot of times I have extra prints laying around. I'll inadvertently clean those up, toss them out, not recognizing that they actually did have some material value in the actual proofing process. I think the other piece around all that archivability and storage is sometimes I'll go in and I'll see people who have prints laying around. They'll have them on kind of flat surfaces around their office or whatever. And I think it's important to recognize too that things fall on prints all the time. Spiders, uh, liquids could spill. Somebody could inadvertently walk by and toss a book on something on top of a surface, not realizing that that's an important photograph. And so it's really important to make sure that even if your prints are off-gassing, that they're in a spot that's as protected as possible. Once they're done off-gassing, making sure they get put into that storage process in the most effective way possible. Because everybody complains about how much it costs to make prints. So if that's an issue and you don't want to continue to remake them over and over again, taking good care of them once they're stored, I think is really important. So again, long and short of that is storage boxes, label the boxes, what's in there, boxes appropriately sized to the actual images and notations for what's in the box. So thank you so much for taking a little minutes out of the week this week to listen to the podcast. Really do appreciate you listening. Hopefully you'll think a little bit about whether you're an explainer or a justifier when you talk about your photographs. And if you're not currently storing your photographs in a really good way, that you'll start to think about better storage and organization as we move into 2023. You can make it a goal. Resolutions are a terrible idea, but because we never make it past day two of going to the gym, but maybe make it a goal to get some of those prints better organized as we move into 2023. Thanks again for listening and I will see you next week.